The 391st edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, contents, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Hi, yo, Generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 391. I'm going to go out to a nice guy on Instagram, Trash, Mr. Trash, uh, who sent me some uh, nice words about our podcast. Now he always listens and he thinks we're great. And he must know that's the that's the easiest way to our heart and the easiest way to get yourself uh, a podcast episode dedicated to you is to give us uh, praise, whether it's uh, faint or false praise or not well, we, we shall accept it and we will dedicate an episode to you so thank you mr trash <laughs> i am jeff chalks fox one of the uh one of this here hosts of this here podcast 391 as we continue our climb to episode 400 we're going to hit there very soon um this week or this episode this wednesday episode of course is a ufc episode because the ufc never sleeps they run an event pretty much every saturday luckily for us this week is no exception. They're in the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, in the Bridgestone Arena for UFC Fight Night. Sanhagen versus Font. A pretty solid... Nowadays, this is, this is a very solid uh, fight card uh, for the UFC, especially one after a pay-per-view. We got some uh, good and meaningful fights on the card. So without further ado, we're going to break down the prelims today. We've got six prelim fights to break down for you, and then tomorrow we will do the six main card fights and all our fancy picks. Um, like I said, no, without further ado, it's almost his time of year. It's one and only Gummy God, Daniel Breland. Did it feel weird calling him Mr. Trash? Because I feel like it was like an insult. <laughs> when you were saying it, I was like, it sounded like you were you're shitting all over him, but it's like an abbreviation it, of his abbreviation of his name. It's it, but yes, it says trash tra- on tra- the, uh, on okay. Instagram. So I'm gonna call him Trash because it's funny. All right, yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, and and shout out to Mr. Trash. Um, yep. I don't have an Instagram, so I wouldn't know. But uh, nope. your wife I, does. I, I'm watching your dogs run around right now, Dan. What do you think of that? That's a that's a that's a thing. Well, I'm fun. Uh, whole and I'm looking at then. goats. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're my, my you kids had were hang- exciting times in the Vreeland household recently. They have a tiger and goats now at their house. Yeah, 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 we bought a tiger. It was like that Matt Damon movie, right? Um, yep. And I think I saw you. Were you with the dogs? Uh, I, I was. Think, I think I saw you with the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yes. I thought Mikey awesome. Mikey Bisbing was small. He's not. He's not very small. He looks just as big as uh, Muggsy Bogues. He's he's as tall as Muggsy Bogues, uh, but he's he's uh, he's much slimmer. He, he's yes. got a, okay. a svelte build. So he's not a middleweight. Or he's, he's no, Mike no. Bisming after no, no, he dropped down from light heavyweight to middleweight. He's, he's cut down a couple of divisions, I think. Yeah, probably, at the very least. So, All right, so we got UFC to talk. Dude, what do you think <laughs> of the prelims we're going to break down today? I think, you know, you were saying this is a good card for nowadays. Like, I actually think yeah. this is a this has been a good card for a while. Like, this this uh, this trumps the... Uh, the 2006 UFC fights for the troops cards that we used to watch on Spike TV. Uh, yes. Like yep. this is better than that, right? Like oh, yeah, you know, you sure. used to get you used to get Jeremy Stevens made of any card. He was nothing compared to <laughs> Corey Sanhagen. Um, yep. you know, I like Tatiana. Yeah. Tatiana yeah, Suarez better than me, like yeah. the the Melvin Gillards who'd also be co-main eventing those cards or something like that. You know, so well, her and Andrade is uh, that's that's a 
that's all, that's a headliner worthy fight. So yeah, yeah, or or that's like a that's almost a pay per view co main event on like a not not one of the really great pay per views, but like a, a decent pay per view that's a co main event. So like yeah, that's a sick fight. You got two. Well, actually, only one ranked light heavyweight in Dustin Jacoby, but that's a ranked fight too. Um, yep. Jeremiah Wales has been messing people up. Hadley versus Durden is almost a ranked flyweight fight. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there, there's a lot to love on this one. There is, and we're not shills. Well, my co-host is a shill sometimes for the UFC, but but not not because he's shilling for them, just because he's you're an enthusiastic MMA fan and you watch everything. So <laughs> that's right. You think everything's great. I'm a. I'm. Let's be let's be real for a second. If I'm a shill for anything, it's clearly Samurai Fight House. It's Samurai Fight also, House. And- yeah, but but or or uh, MMA Pride one or one MMA Pride or one, <laughs> one, one Pride MMA or Muradov Fight League or Muradov Fight League. Yeah, those are those are my three. Those are my three loves. Um. So yeah, and then then after UFC that, UFC, do, UFC comes yeah, in at a decent four. UFC will have to do uh, for for this week because that is what we're covering. And I said it's it's almost your time of year because we're almost there, Gumby. Only a few more sleeps. Yeah, to the to the Equinox. <laughs> sure to the yeah. equinox known as dana white's contender series week uh, one yes. kicks off next tuesday um, that is so that I, is what, my time i've been enthusiastically this, watching tons of film oh i watched some film for this event can you believe that i can because this one had so many close fights that dude the yeah. amount of mma i watched this morning just being like yeah. do i remember what ignacio bahamundes really looks like <laughs> Or do I think he's that other tall, lanky striker? You know what I mean? Like, good. It's not just me. No. A lot of times, I Google, I Google these fighters' faces. I'm like, okay, now I remember. I know this. what he looks like, but I'm trying to remember <laughs> whether he fights like he. I, I actually was right, and he fights like the way I thought he did, or if he yeah. fights just like um, who's the other one? Ah, oh, God, I can't remember what his nickname is. I think it's the sniper. Oh yeah, well it's, he he's on this card, is he not? Not Woodson, but Woods, yeah, sure. Woodson, yeah, Woodson, yeah, Woodson too. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Same guy. Yeah, <laughs> see, it's confusing. Uh, most of them are nicknamed Pitbull, and like it's hard to keep track of these people sometimes. Or Phenomeno. So yeah, uh, no, I watched film on the first person we're going to talk about because it's a newcomer. Oh, yeah, you're right. Hype behind him. Like, all right, I got to see how this guy is. And so I watched some Brave. So there you go. There I actually you go. didn't even have to watch any on him. I know him. No, you, <laughs> no, you know him? Yeah, I know him already. All right. I watched a lot of Brave. I watched him fight Zach Makovsky live yep. when that happened. Yep. Fun styles, Zach Makovsky. Yeah, fun, fun nickname. Yeah, very fun nickname. Too bad he kind of went out with when the UFC was phasing out the flyweights. He, he yeah, kind of went with that. Did he not? He was a he was an Ian McCall type uh, or a uh, oh, Uncle Creepy. Another yeah, great like nickname. just like one of those guys who hit their prime before um the ufc like was really accepting flyweights yeah. like who is the other one to um it's the guy who fought juicy a formiga do you remember juicy um of course um i can't remember who you're thinking of though or uh... some guy on the the regional scene for like 100 tachi palace titles oh yeah 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 I, you know I think who i'm know talking who about you. yeah i do not top yeah i know who it is um is his name not have junior in it I don't remember. Now, now it's <laughs> this is, a, this is an amazing episode. Yeah. This anyway, you episode. you start talking about real things, and then I'm going to tell you I what will. I'm thinking about. We, but we, if people are interested, we totally should do a spinoff, uh, a Patreon exclusive podcast where we just talk about old fighters. We just name the fighter's name. 
Was it Daryl Montague I'm thinking of? No. I think oh, it was Daryl Montague. Okay. I think I was thinking of Daryl Montague. Oh, no. Ulysses Gomez. Yeah, that's a guy. Ulysses Gomez is I who think. I was thinking of. Yep. yep. Now I'm looking through. Yeah. Ulysses Gomez got to the UFC. He lost two in a row to John Moraga and Phil Harris. Um, but before that had beaten, like, Cody Gibson. Had won, like, a whole bunch of fights at Tachi Palace. One in Bellator. He was, like a beast um, beat Hector yeah. Sandoval, who was eventually in the UFC. Like he, he was a, a beast. And then just like, it was before his time. This is like old fashioned when we used to just do random talking. Yeah. Remember when we used to not yeah, do regional MMA stuff and we just yeah. like talk just about Daryl Montague for like 20 minutes and then be like, well, yeah. it's an episode. <laughs> but now people are in, now we got a bunch of sickos listening and in, in, in our discord sports gummy podcast.com slash discord. And they, they want to talk about on regional MMA for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and we also have a bunch of sickos in the sports gambling podcast, Patreon. I just mentioned how Gumby and I should do a spin off Patreon, but we actually have one. The bosses have a Patreon sports gambling podcast, Patreon. First family podcast patron is perfect for the diehard degen, just like I was talking about. All you sickos out there, sign up for the Patreon to get ex- access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place fry- prize. Not fries, thousand dollars of fries would be good though, too. But no, this is cash plus a monthly SGP stories podcast and ad free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degens. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Sports gambling podcast is has and always will give out all their picks for free. That's a big thing. We like to tell people in the Patreon too. We do not sell picks. We give our picks for free. Sometimes they, uh, sometimes you get what you pay for with our picks, but often uh, or not, you get good free winning picks from us. So Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Then we don't have to sell picks. Perfect. Sports gambling podcast.com at Patreon. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon is the place to be. So yeah, I'm thinking of a uh, Gumby and, chalks patreon where we just like we'll, we'll mention a fighter's name and then we'll just talk about him for half an hour yeah so we'll we'll, we'll like talk about Some roland like that. roland delorme oh yes Do you remember roland or, delorme i was I really convinced i really i was really convinced that the reason i bring him up i was really convinced he was like the next tony ferguson um really yeah i was real. i like could not have been more wrong about that um, but I really thought Roland Delorme was like the next becoming him in, uh, do you know, Nick Denny, the, the Canadian? Yeah, of course I know. He's the, a Canadian. The, nin- the ninja of love. Um, the, <laughs> I don't that, remember that name though. That was, his, that was his nickname. The ninja of love. Nick <laughs> Denny. Me. That's great. Um, uh, and, uh, he knocked somebody out with an elbow in his, his UFC debut, then got knocked out in his second fight. And he was like, Oh, braid injuries are real things. So I'm just going to never fight MMA anymore. And Canadians now he's like a smart. Yeah, now he's like a monk or something like that. <laughs> yep. Canadians are weird too. So there you go. No, I'm thinking of, uh, we'll do a whole episode on Miguel Angal Torres, who was one of my favorites in WEC. He, he he's one of those guys you're talking about who, who, who went to the UFC too late, unfortunately. Yep. I, I, wear, he's like um, one body. of my most thought after interviews. Uh, him and oh, yeah. Cole Conrad. I always wanted to do a Cole Conrad yep. interview. Um, yep. Yeah. He, because he, was, he, he was fun times. Miguel Angel Torres. Yeah, they got rid of him for a tweet. Now they they let anyone into the organization. A a crummy guy we're going to talk about pretty soon uh, who has the sketchy past there. 
the president of the uh, organization beats his wife uh, on film. But yeah, they, they were they used to fire people because of tweets back uh, a decade or so ago for, for you newcomers in the. I don't even remember uh, what his tweet said. Was it bad? It was like it was a rape a rape joke, which isn't cool. Uh, but still, yeah, that's but, probably not good. <laughs> I know, but still, but, but I'm sure there's plenty of rapists in uh, in the organization, sadly to say, but nonetheless. <laughs> that's, um, that's a steep claim. <laughs> hey, oh, maybe not lots, a handful. I'm, I'm sure there's something there's that have lots of, there's lots of rapists in the UFC is the claim you're going hmm. with. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe I'll back then. There's, there's a non-zero of number of rapists. How oh, about that? Probably. I, I, I think that's more than there. Okay, there's um less than zero amount of white beaters in the UFC. How's that? There you go. There you go. Okay. Or, I, or women I, abusers. I will allow that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Enough. I guess I didn't mention anyone's name, so I, I'm not liable <laughs> for anything. Um all right, let's kick things off in this card, this silly episode we have here. It's happening August 5th, the day before my brother's birthday. That reminds me. Next episode, Gumby, it's going to have to go out to that brother of mine. Uh, this one is UFC on ESPN. San Hagen versus Vaughn, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night, or UFC Fight Night, San Hagen versus Vaughn, or UFC Nashville, whatever you want to call it. August 5th, Bridgestone Arena, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we have got, as I mentioned, six fights on the prelims, six fights on the main card. We're going to kick things off with flyweights. We're actually going to first two fights are flyweights. No complaints from us. Uh, they can put them higher up in the card for all I, uh, all I care, but we shall watch Ode Osborne versus Asu Almabayev. Is that right? Almabayev, but Asu yeah. Asu Almabayev, but you'll accept it? Yeah, I'll allow it. All right. Osborne is the Jamaican sensation, not Almabayev is not the Jamaican sensation, but... Thought I'd clear that up. Uh, Osborne, 12 and 5 with one no contest. Five knockouts, four submissions. But knocked out twice, submitted twice. Four and three in the UFC. However, he's gone three and one over his last four fights, including winning his very last fight. He's fought at Bantamweight and at Featherweight. He's 1-0. He was 1-0, excuse me, on Dana White's Contender Series. Two inches taller than Almabayev. I don't have Almabayev's reach, but... Osborne's reach is 73 inches, which is basically a six foot one person's average six foot one person's reach. And he's five foot seven or something like that. So he's, he's got a, got a big reach. I'm assuming his, his uh, reach is going to be longer than Amabayev. Is that a good guess from the film? That, you can't really tell great, how long. That's a great are. guess. That's a great guess. <laughs> that's better than the rape guess that I had. That's better than the rape guess. Probably. Also, don't the name the guess. episode no. the rape. Nope. Guess. I was just thinking that would be a, that would be something I would title it. But no, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, we don't need that heat. Um, all right. What else can I tell you about Osborne? That is it. He's oh, he's a underdog plus one sixty four. I'm a buy up nickname Zulfakar which is a double-edged sword, apparently. I think it's like a Bible-type thing. Maybe not Bible, some kind of scripture. Uh, he's 17-2 with three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been submitted one time, the only time he's been stopped. This is his debut. He's gone 13-0, and won his last fight via submission. He has not lost since April of 2017. He used to fight at Bantamweight 2013, prom May debut. Two years younger than Osborne, minus 170. Now, I heard your pick on your other podcast, Top Turtle Lab in May, and it made me feel good because I was going with the same pick here. Yeah, go on dog. Oday Osborne straight out the gate. You got um, it. I think we're we're paying with uh, with Almabayev's line here. I think you're paying for the fact that his last name ends in EV. Um yep. because And is he not? He's uh where's he from again? He is he's, he's he is from the Habib area, is he not? No, he's from Uzbekistan, if I'm not right, mistaken. Right. Um, no, so, Kazakhstan, so yeah. sorry. Or Kazakhstan. 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 Thank you. Right. Um, Kazakhstan. Yeah. Um, but like we just also saw that guy debut from Kazakhstan up against uh, Tyson Nam. 
and he like wildly underperformed and like wasn't as yeah. good at takedowns as we thought he was and damn near lost the decision. I think Almabayev, having watched the film, is going to look very similar. He has a tendency to eat jabs, um, which, by the way, Ode throws a good jab, as you mentioned, crazy long reach yep. on his hands. He shoots from way too far away. Like, he doesn't do anything to set up his shots. And, like, I, I think people forget this a lot about Ode Osborne. Ode Osborne, despite how he looks, was a high school wrestler. That's his base. Yep. His base to MMA is wrestling. So while he doesn't wrestle much anymore, it's in there, at least from a defensive perspective. Like, I think he's going to stuff all the takedowns, especially because they won't be set up well. He'll see them coming. He'll stuff them. And then I really think he's going to piece Almabayev up because Almabayev, you know, like I said, he not only does he eat jabs, but offensively, he's sometimes like flashy for the sake of being flashy. Like I talked about Venecia Salvador. Like, he throws a lot of, like, spinning kicks to the body, but, like, they're kind of ill-timed or, you know, just because he needs to do something to create space. And, and he throws a bunch of leg kicks, but, like, again, maybe the range isn't necessarily there. And being shorter, the range is going to be a lot harder. So, yeah, I like Ode quite a bit in this spot. I, I think people are sleeping on how good this dude is. Yeah, I uh, I agree, obviously, with that because I am picking him as well. Uh, I was hoping there wasn't something I was missing on on the newcomer here, so I'm glad that there isn't. Um, and he also, uh, I saw him get taken down too and controlled him. Yeah, in the too, in uh, that in fight with um, oh man, I wish we we probably watched the same exact fight too. Was it the one with um, a balding gentleman? Yeah, was it uh, Mag Magomedov? I believe it was. Yeah, or so, yeah. Doskalchuk. He fought Doskalchuk. Uh, Alexander Doskalchuk. And, right, and he okay, got, that sounds about it. Yeah, and right, he got yeah. taken down. And actually, he only winds up winning that fight too when Dolskull Chuck takes him down. And as yeah. Dolskull Chuck is taking him down, he like counters and gets to the back and winds up with a rear naked choke. But otherwise, he was going to be down two rounds in that fight. Um, yeah. So like, while his record looks really good, we're also talking about like split decision win over Zach Makovsky, like a past his prime Zach Makovsky. Um, yeah. He he won a decision against Chris Kalidis, which I, I don't know if you remember Chris Kalidis in the UFC, but I do. Yeah, and, and he got knocked out by Tagir Lombakov. So like he's fought high level guys, but hasn't looked really great against any of them either. Yep, I'm liking this pick. We're both in on Ode Osborne as underdog. Get the evening started off right for us, Ode. Oh, it is a 6 p.m. start. I forgot to mention that 6 p.m. Eastern. ESPN is what it is on. Uh, TSN in Canada starts at 7 o'clock. TSN always starts an hour later, so the first bit you have to watch on UFC Fight Pass. All right, before we move on, we just picked Underdog. It seems to always we pick Underdogs right before I tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Almost like we're doing it on purpose, but we're not. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and it's available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, we're going to stick with the flyweights. We could have a whole flyweight card for, for all, I, all I care. I would, I would enjoy it. Uh, Cody Durden versus Jake Hadley. I will tell you about Durden... For actually, uh, is this next fight? No, I think Woodson's fight's next, actually. Yeah, right? I have um, I have Woodson versus Bazooka. Yep, I skipped over Featherweights, Sean Woodson versus Dennis Bazooka. Uh, this is his this is Woodson's fourth opponent for this. Is right? Is that right? Four opponents. No, you're right. Four. 
Fourth, yeah. Fourth opponent here. This uh, bazooka is coming in on when did he get announced? Tuesday? Monday? Yeah, Mon- Monday or yeah. Tuesday. He probably yeah. knew Monday. He's Dennis the Great Bazooka, but if you Google him and check out uh, his past uh, stuff that he's gotten into out of the cage, he's not that great. Uh, he's 11-2. Four knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. This is a short notice, a debut in the UFC. He's won seven straight fights and 10 of 11. He's won two straight fights via finish, one one in the contender series, multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. One and all in Bellator. Used to fight at lightweight, five years younger than Woodson. Uh, better grappling stats based off his uh, two contender series fights uh, than Woodson. And he he has been outstruck on the contender series by 1.17 strikes per minute. Oh, is there a line for this yet? When I looked earlier, there was no line. Have we seen a line yet? Hang on one second. I will, uh, I'll, I'll dig and you keep talking. Okay. I'm assuming he's going to be the underdog, but who's to say? All right. Yeah, I, I, saw, it about... on, uh, I saw it on one of our, our sketchy uh, off-brand books. <laughs> Perfect. We're not sponsored by any books, so we shall take it. All right, I'll tell you about this sniper, the aforementioned sniper, Sean Woods, 9 9-1-1. Nice. Uh, he's three knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted once. 3-1-1 in the UFC, 2-0-1 over his last three. I believe the last fight he drew in. 1-0 in the Contender Series, used to fight at lightweight and middleweight because uh, he's a massive man. He's five inches tall in Bazooka, eight inches reach on him, better striking stats, and he's more active landing strikes than Bazooka. He and he's outstruck his UFC opponents and contender series points by 0.13 strikes per minute. You have any numbers or no? Yeah, I do. Uh, it looks like we can get uh, Woodson at negative 175, Bazooka plus a buck 50. I will be taking Woodson then. Uh, short notice obviously is the issue. Bazooka is. Interesting because he does have does have some some decent experience. He, he's he's uh he's been around, um and and fought some some decent guys. And he, he's on a nice streak. But this is super short notice. And Woodson is a weird guy to fight because he's so strangely tall. <laughs> he's what six foot two or six foot three, one hundred forty five pounds. So yeah, he's uh, for sure. Bazooka's never seen a guy like this. Um, so give me the sniper here at minus one seventy five. Yeah, I'm going to take Woodson, too. Um, the, the biggest piece for me is just the fact that if you watch uh, Bazooka's two fights on Contender Series, he just, like, has trouble getting on the inside and committing to what he's doing. Like, one time he fought Melsic Bogdazarian, which, like, okay, you fought Melsic Bogdazarian. Maybe we can wave that one. But the next one, he fought Khalil Romero. And anytime Khalil Romero fainted, it just, like, it, it took Bazooka out of – is it Bazookia? I think it might be Bazooka. It doesn't matter. Uh, Bazooka's funnier. Yeah, Bazooka's funnier. You're right. Um, so Bazooka Joe uh, <laughs> just would <laughs> would back out of every exchange where it started with a faint. And when you're up against a guy who's really long, you almost have to be like willing to take some chances to get into the pocket or be really good at closing the distance. One of the two of those things. And he's definitely not the latter. He's not good at closing the distance. And I don't think he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's good at, at or uh, willing to take chances. Uh, the faint scare him off. If he does wind up in the clinch, too, I think he's going to eat a ton of knees from Woodson. Because that's the other thing about Woodson. He's good in the clinch with knees. He's got an, a couple nice chokes in there, too. Like, yeah, I, I think Woodson's just going to eat him up. The fact that this line isn't wider is kind of wild to me. Yeah, we shall we shall take it. Um, hopefully, everyone takes it while the line is still where it is at. Um, it doesn't get any any wider. Okay, flyweights. Like I had mentioned before, uh, Cody Durden, Jake Hadley. I'll tell you about 
Jordan first, 15-4-1, six knockouts, five submissions. He's been submitted three times. 4-2-1 in the UFC. He's won three straight fights in 4-5. or five. Used to fight up at Bantamweight. Was regional champ. Has barely outstruck his UFC opponents, but he is in the positive. Plus .06 strikes per minute. Uh, he's at plus 165. White Kong, Jake Hadley, 10-1. Three knockouts, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 2-1 in the UFC. 1-0 in Contender Series. He's won two straight fights, both via finish after dropping his UFC debut. Was a Cage Warriors champion. Was also a regional champion. 1-0 in Bellator. Three inches of reach on Durden. Five years younger. More active landing strikes in Durden. And he has outstruck his Contender Series and UFC opponents by .69 strikes a minute. Minus 188. So I'll be I'll, I'll be real clear here. I don't like the line on Jake Hadley. Okay. Yeah. I think it's too wide. Um, for me, unless this line gets closer, I won't actually be betting Jake Hadley. But I'm gonna pick him to win this fight. I I don't think he's gonna lose to to Cody Durden. On one hand, I, I respect what Cody Durden has been able to do wrestling wise and taking people down, particularly that Carlos Moda fight. He looked really good wrestling Carlos Moda. Um, but I, I've got a few worries here. Number one, I worry about his submission defense. Both of his last two losses are submission losses. He got submitted by Mohamed Mikhaev, um, who, to be fair, he was tagged and bagged in that fight. And he got submitted by Jimmy Flick, which uh, does not age well. And if you look at two of the last three of Jake Hadley's wins, both submissions. Um, he submitted Mitch Raposo and Carlos Candelario, both Northeastern guys, which is a, a weird uh, coincidence there. But like Jake Hadley has submission skills. So that's my first worry. The second worry here, Cody Durden can't keep anybody down. Um, he scored 11 takedowns on Charles Johnson, shot 18 times in a 15-minute fight. and And even given all of that, like still had a little bit of trouble with Charles Johnson, like still almost got outstruck by Charles Johnson. And, and like, that's worrisome, right? Is that like you had to take Charles Johnson down that many times to make this, what wound up being a fairly competitive fight, despite the fact that it was 30, 27 across the boards. I think Charles Johnson is not as good as Jake Hadley. Um, I think Jake Hadley's better at stuff in the takedown. I think he's got better submission skills. And really, the thing I like the best about Jake Hadley is I think he's going to be a lot faster than Durden on the feet. He's got a nice long jab, a good sharp one-two that comes down the middle. He rips to the body well to tire people out. Um, and really, if you watch that fight, again, like I mentioned in that fight with Charles Johnson a lot, Cody Durden looks winded at the end of round two. And luckily, Charles Johnson can only stuff so many takedowns in round three and couldn't get enough of his own offense up. But like, if he looks that winded against Jake Hadley, Jake Hadley will take advantage of it. He's better than, than Charles Johnson in that way. So I, I again, negative 188, I think too steep for Jake Hadley. But if he was at like negative 150, negative 140, man, I would be all over Jake Hadley here. I'm the other side. I'm taking. Yeah, I knew you were going to. I'm gonna. taking Jordan. And he's going to grab the mic and say, I said, I'm going to send you back to Oldbury, Sandwell, England, is what he's going to say. Don't is that where he's from? Like Sandwell? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. Oldbury, Sandwell, England is where Jake Hadley's from. Does it have uh, hyphens yeah. between it? Like no, Stratford upon Avon? Usually it does. Usually it does. Uh, no, I'll, I'll take Jordan at plus 165. Uh, like the number, obviously. Like what I've seen out of him recently. I think he's going to be a tough guy for uh, a young fighter like Hadley to fight because he's just going to grind him out in this fight, is what I'm it's hoping. So. It's definitely right. a dogger pass spot for sure, yep. which well, is why, again, I'm saying I, I'm going to I'm going to pick Hadley. But 
I I don't think you bet on him at this price. Well, when I beat you, I'm still gonna pretend that you picked it for real. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Walter Waits, Jeremiah Wells, Carlston Harris. I will tell you about Harris first. Mo Mo, Mo Cam Beak is the nickname. Why is that his nickname? He's not from there, Dan. He doesn't fight out of there. Why is his nickname Mo Cam Beak? Is is it Mo Cam Beak a place in Guyana? It's okay. It's oh, not Mozambique. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not Mo. That's right. I've been thinking Mozambique, but yeah, Mokem. I don't know what is. I think it's, it's in East Africa. Africa. I think it's. Oh, well, it's that's Mozambique. East. Yeah, he's bringing up Mozambique for you. Maybe it's placed in Guyana. You're right. He's the I only or, town in Guyana. Yeah. Okay, he's the first and only Guyanese fighter in the UFC. All right, Harris, eighteen and five, five knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Three and one in the UFC. Six and one over his last seven, including winning his last fight. Was a regional champion. Twenty eleven pro MMA debut. Three inches of height, two inches to reach on Wells. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, and he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.2526 strikes per minute. And the number on him is one plus 125. Wells, 12, 2, and 1, five knockouts, four submissions, never been finished in a fight. Four and old in the UFC. He's won six straight wins, six straight fights overall. He's not lost since March of 2019. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. 2012 pro MMA debut. He outstrikes his opponents by one and a half strikes per minute in the UFC. Better grappling stats than Harris. Minus 120. Give me Wells. Kind of like the number here as well. Haha, <laughs> Wells. Um, like what we've been seeing from him recently. Obviously, he's, he's from an amazing camp. Uh, camp on the rise. And everyone claims that he's the, you know, the best fighter among the bunch. Or, or at least the most, most athletic best wrestler all that type of stuff so give me jeremiah wells here yeah i can't believe he's negative 120 this seems criminal right like he he hits so hard um and is a guy who's who's been putting away good fighters as of late too right like he he knocked out uh court mcgee in that fight and everybody was like court mcgee can't be knocked out and yeah semelsberger kind of pushed him a little bit but before that he beat worley alves uh, the blood diamond one, I, I guess doesn't really matter very much. It seems like anybody with a decent wrestling, uh, game could beat him, but like, yeah, dude, he just hits so hard. And Carlston Harris in that fight with, uh, with, with Jared Gooden just did not look very good. Uh, he looked tentative. Um, you know, it looked like Gooden had his moments in that fight and Gooden was taking it on crazy short notice after losing a bunch in the UFC. And I think he lost one outside of the UFC too, even before. Oh yeah, he did. He lost to Ibn Kasangane, um, and still got a chance back at this, uh, this fight here. So yeah, I, I think Wells is just going to absolutely floor him with a right hand. Ooh, a prediction, a flooring is the prediction. Yeah. Yeah, All right. I, I'll say he does it inside a round two. He he knocks him out Ooh. the first round right hand. Even better. All right, Bantamweights. We move to Kyler Phillips. Howney. Did you Barcelos. did you miss a fight? I think you missed. A um, fight. we've got Billy Q and Damon Jackson at the top of the card. Okay, okay. You just have a different that, order than me. Oh yeah, maybe I do. One second. Let me see what order. You're I fine. Have. You're fine. Rayoni Barcelos and Kyler Phillips is on this card too. Go ahead and give me that. Okay. Order. That's okay. Um. Wait a minute. I did. I did skip. I'm sorry. I skipped Quarantilo and Jackson. So we'll hit that, that one happening. last. We'll hit hit it last. But it really, it's happening. Should well, who knows? They change these things all the time. It, it probably, as of now, is happening before Wells and Harris. All right, Phillips and Barcelos. It's stupid Wikipedia again. It's easiest to read, but it's not correct sometimes. All right, Billy Q and Damon Jackson looks like they are main eventing the prelims at featherweight. We'll tell you about Jackson. 
actually no i was gonna do philip's oh i'm so confused now dan let's should have never Portillo. asked i should have no, Portillo no Jackson, you're on barcelos and phillips all right fine barcelos and phillips will do all right they are at bantamweight and i'm going to tell you about how many barcelos for 17 and four eight knockouts two submissions been knocked out once, submitted once. Six and three in the UFC. One and three over his last four. He got knocked out in his last fight. He's taking this on short notice. Used to fight at featherweight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Uh, 2012 Pro MMA debut. He's a wrestling champ and a BJJ champ. Into reach on Phillips. He's got better striking and he's more active line strikes than Phillips is. And he's got a positive strike differential in the UFC of 0.63 strikes per minute. Plus 175 on him. Matrix Kyler Phillips, aka Galaxy Brain, ten and two, five knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Four and one in the UFC. Won his last bit via submission. That was back in February twenty twenty two. He's been off since then because he failed a drug test. One no on the Contender Series. Oh one on the Ultimate Fighter. Inch of height, five inches reach. Eight years younger than Barcelos. Better grappling stats, and he has outstruck his UFC opponents by a very healthy number: two point zero seven strikes per minute, minus one eighty five. And it's I'm going- you. I'm going Kyler Phillips. Um, Me too. You sound you sound dejected about that though. Well, and when this first posted, I was like, "Do I believe in Rayoni Barcelos enough to give him a chance here?" And then I went back and I watched some Kyler Phillips, and yeah, the layoff worries you. The positive drug test worries you. But the fact of the matter is, this is a guy who repeatedly took down Song Yudong, uh, and beat him. You know, he beat Song Yudong. Like, and I think. That's maybe he slept on because we're talking about Song Yudong now fighting, you know, the Dan Ige's of the world and the Rob Fonts. And, you know, like he's fighting those kind of guys, whereas Kyler Phillips is still fighting the Rayoni Barcelos. And it's because of that, like, weird loss to rally on Paiva, um, which was by majority decision. But, like, I think that fight's an outlier. When you look at all of his other fights, his grappling looks great. Um, you know, he's a weird striker, if not a good one, a weird one. Um, and I think that weirdness is at least going to be enough to hold Barcelos off. I also think Barcelos, like he had that good fight against Trevin Jones, where I think everybody started fading him because he lost a couple in a row, including one to Timor Valiev, who's literally on the ultimate fighter as we speak and not going to the finale. But somehow he who beat Rayoni Barcelos is not in the UFC anymore. And Rayoni still is. So um, he was on that two fight losing streak and everybody had written him off. He picked up a weird win over Trevin Jones where he looked fantastic. And I was like, oh, maybe he's back. I think that in itself was an outlier. So I think we have these couple of outlier fights, which if you just throw them out, we've got a guy who's been getting smoked versus a guy who's been killing people. Um, and, and like, yeah, you can't just throw out two fights like that. But like, if you do, Kyler is on a way better trajectory here. He's got the the wrestling game that I think if it doesn't offensively affect Rayoni Barcelos, it's at least going to, you know, nullify what Rayoni does in his own grappling. And I think he's going to be so much faster on the feet. So yeah, I like Kyler Phillips. As uh, do I, um, way bigger, way younger as well, which uh, can't be overlooked on top of everything that Gumby said there about the fight. All right. Now what fight am I doing? Billy Q and Damon Jackson. <laughs> Featherweights, Billy Quarantillo, Damon Jackson. I will tell you about action at Jackson first. 22, 5, and 1 with one no contest. Four knockouts, 15 submissions. But knocked out four times, submitted once. 5, 3, and 1 with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. He's gone 4 and 1 over his last fight, but he did get knocked out in his last fight. 0 and 1 in the PFL, was a regional champion. Used to fight up at lightweight. 2012 pro MMA debut. Inch high, inch reach over Quarantillo. Better grappling stats than Quarantillo, and he's been outstruck in the UFC, but barely. 
by 0.14 strikes per minute, plus 150. Billy Quarantillo, a.k.a. Billy Q, we'll call him, 17-5, and five, eight knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Five and three in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss, win, loss over his last five fights. He did get knocked out in his last fight as well. One in all contender series, one and one in the ultimate fighter. Used to fight at lightweight. Multiple region championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2013 Pro MMA debut. Almost three times more active landing strikes than Jackson. And he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.07 strikes per minute. Minus 172. Uh, give me core in Tilo. Jackson had a nice run there, but then he got knocked out starch in his last fight, which is a bit of a concern because Billy Q can crack a bit. Um, and he's actually a better striker overall, not just power, but better strike, striker, period, than Jackson. And that's not even mentioned that, that he's a, also a, a very good uh, grappler as well. So I will take Billy Q at minus 172. Do, do you know what Billy Quarantillo's record is in UFC fights where he scored a takedown? Um, 97 and 0. It's it's 5 and 0. He's Close. 5 and 0 in the UFC oh, when he scores a takedown. Which do you know what leads me to say is his record when he doesn't score a takedown? Um, 0 and it, 3 it, by my, it's, my math. <laughs> it's 0 and 3. If he does not score a takedown, he loses the fight. And he has three times and against guys who with the exception of one, I think all have far worse takedown defense than Damon Jackson. Shane Burgos, who I don't think of as being particularly good wrestling. Uh, Billy Quarantillo, 0 for 14 against Shane Burgos. Edson Barboza, again, don't think of him as really particularly a good grappler. 0 for 2 against Edson Barboza. That gives him 0 for 6. Against Gavin Tucker, 0 for 3. And he actually gave up 7 takedowns to Gavin Tucker. Billy Quarantillo, I think if he can't wrestle you and make you think that he's wrestling, I don't think he can get enough of his striking going. Because in all of those fights, too, he was badly outstruck. Again, Gavin Tucker badly outstruck him. Shane Burgos badly outstruck him. Edson Bardosa didn't badly outstrike him, but it, to be fair, he only had half a round to do so before he knocked him silly anyway. So, like, I think if he can't get his wrestling going, I think he struggles on the feet here. I think people are sleeping on how good Damon Jackson's hands are. I think Damon Jackson's wrestling is is good enough to at least nullify what Billy Q's doing here. And I think once you don't have to worry about Billy Q taking you down, I, I think you can you can hit him. I think he's really hittable. I mean, Shane Burgos almost hit him 200 times in 15 minutes. Um, that that to me is alarming for him. And yeah, you're right. He's got knockout power for sure. But it's not like Damon Jackson has been knocked out a ton lately. He did get knocked out by Danny Gay. He did get knocked out by Aaliyah Tapuria, but before that, he hadn't been knocked out in forever. So, uh, yeah, two, two KOs over the last, what is that? I guess the Tapuria one would have been almost three full years ago. So twice in three years. Yeah, maybe not the best thing in the world, but I still think he just nullifies enough of that that wrestling game and, and gets his own striking going. So I'm going to go with my second dog here. I like Damon Jackson. I kind of zoned out and then I realized, wait a minute, he's picking against me here. Yeah, I was, you, I was thinking when you kicked it off that you were going to be on my side, but no, this was a a tough one to uh, to pick. So I'm not crazy. I said I was going to take him at minus one second two. Not crazy about the line in this fight because I, I wanted to wanted to take Jackson, but um, after digging, <clears throat> excuse me, digging more into it, I Billy Q was my pick, but probably a closer fight than the odds suggest. All right, let's recap it all. We both have Phillips. We both have Wells. I got to put your name down there. Uh, I have Corin Tillo. He has Jackson. I have Durden. He has Hadley. 
then we're both on the same page again. Woodson and Osborne, right? Sounds right to me. Well, we got we got back on the rails after we were off the rails to start, but people enjoy when we go off the rails. Um, <laughs> if you want to see us go off the rails some more, we're at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, I think it's called. Yeah, it's called Discord. <laughs> um, we're, we're in the Fights channel on there, so get in there and chat with us. Twitter or X or whatever is SGPN MMA. Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox writer. That's that's the place to be. Uh, get my MMA writing in your inbox, um, especially if you're into Canadian MMA. I've started writing a Canadian MMA column uh, along with my normal, more uh, wide-ranging MMA writing at moneymma.substack.com and enter the Pick'em Contest to run there every week for free. Gumby Vreeland's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which I listened to today. It's got the guy with the amazing name, but Smotherman. Uh, what's his first name, Cameron? Cameron Smotherman. Yeah. Cameron Smotherman, not a wrestler, but um, he'll be on Contender Series week two, three? Two. Yeah, week two. Two. He's good interview with him. And then a man who we'll be talking about on next episode, Alexa Kamer, who you can tell he's friends with Steepy Miocic. <laughs> the, the, the same way. He, he's a bit more lively, but, you know, pretty much the same guy. Right. He, he's he's very much the same guy. I thought about <laughs> I thought about that afterwards. I was like, he's maybe less verbose than some of the fighters I talked to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So good interview. Nonetheless, listen to that top turtle. And then all your sports gambling needs obviously are at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and our Patreon as well. We shall be back tomorrow to give you the main card breakdown. It shall be me, Zufakar, Jeff Fox, and the Jamaican sensation Gumby Vreeland as well. Talk to you then. Bye. 